good person, out of the good treasure of their heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of their evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the overflow of the heart, their mouth speaks. How are we doing? Doing good? I've got like this, I don't think it's a cold anymore, like a raspy kind of, so I don't normally sound this way. I think it's like allergies. Anybody dealing with allergies? Like we love spring, but spring doesn't love us sometimes. So if you're with me on that, so if I sound a little different and if you're online, you didn't, your speakers aren't blown, that raspy noise is me. So doing that, but we're glad to have you there as well as here. There's something special, unique, important when we come together in person, there's something, heaven's voice still, I'm hearing something. Uh, this me, is that the music or is that in my head? I don't know. But there's something special when we come together like this. And I'm glad you took time to be here today. If you're new with us, we had a little intro video and that kind of passed by as you're coming in. We would love to connect with you if you would connect with us. And if you don't, don't worry about it. You just keep coming, be a part of it. But if you want to take a next step in faith or involvement here in the church, we have in your programs the connection cards. Fill that out. You can drop it off in the back. There's a little box. We actually have a little gift for you. If you want to drop it to someone there, they'll give that to you. But more than anything, is, the, is a step you feel like God's leading you in faith and commitment to Christ or want to get involved in a small group. We've got different groups and some summer stuff planned. And so... Some really good things happening there. But the biggest thing is also prayer. And if you have any kind of prayer requests, even if as you're, you know, along in the message, and I get it, your, 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 your mind starts wandering and you have a prayer request, put it down. God's putting something in your heart to pray for. Drop that on on the, on the way out to do that. We'd love to, we would be honored to pray for you in that way this week. But if we haven't met, my name is Dan. I serve as the pastor here. And, and, and so it, we want to make this a place where you can jump in at any moment. And so you're coming in if you're new or if you've been here a few weeks, you know, we've been doing a series called Overflow. And the theme of this overflow is living out of the abundance of God rather than a world of scarcity. And I still find it very ironic in our society and in our culture where we live in U.S. of America is that, that we seem to still have a lot of need and there's, there's still a sense of dissatisfaction around us. Have you noticed that? That, you know, you, you see it in different things, and, and you go like, gosh, you know, we have so much. In fact, if you went and Google, you can, don't do it now, but you can Google, and you can look up the top 10 happiest places on earth, happiest countries to live. Do you know that we don't even make the top 10? I mean, you, you think there's so much here. Do you know who, who makes the number one in the world? Finland. Finland, I, I, you know, the Finnish have got something figured out, right? Um, the Swedish people, what's that, what's that word they use? It's hygge or something. They have like, it's comfort and ease. So the Northern Europeans have figured out happiness. I don't know why that is. You could figure that out. I don't know why, but we, they got something going there. We don't, I don't know what it is. You, you might, you might discover that, oh, maybe it isn't all the stuff that's out there that we need. We just need 
to be where we're at in this, this sense of, of contentment. But it's, it's just kind of the world we live in. And, and it's like, it's almost like the, 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 our culture is like one big Kardashian. What I mean by that, you're like, who's Kardashian? Don't look it up. That's another thing. If you don't know who a Kardashian is, it's okay. You're, you, it's probably better not to, honestly. But I'll say this is they epitomize the most richest people, most celebrity overexposed people, and they're the most unhappy people. So I can't relate with that. Having a lot more and everything is never it's never satisfying. It's, it's never enough. And, and so what we do is we spend a lot of time worrying about that. And, and, and what, what happens, though, is we get in this, it's more of a mindset than anything. If you think about this, it's really, do I have an abundance mindset or do I have a abundance or do I have a, a scarcity mindset? Am I, am I focused on what I do have or what I, what I don't have? And what I've discovered as a follower of Jesus as I discovered of the work of Jesus, which we sang, we literally sang the song, you know, he is our victory, we are not in need, he has provided everything, and that is truly what's happened. Through the death and resurrection of Christ, we have everything that we need for our very souls. We have the very forgiveness of the Lord in our lives. What else is there to have? And yet we find this gap that's there. And I love what Apostle Peter reminds us, us if, we're, if we're followers, we're filled, Holy Spirit-filled followers of Jesus, this is who we, we, this is what we have. He says, His, God's divine power, has given everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glorious goodness. His divine power has given us everything that we need. Let's be honest, though. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning. You're going to wake up on a Tuesday morning, whatever it is, and you're going like, I don't feel, I don't always wake up with God's divine power filling my life. I, I'm sorry I'm not the super Christian that you are, okay? I, I just find that that's hard sometimes. And yet, what we know to be true is God's word that says we are. And I think that's the opposite mindset has happened in the midst of sickness and struggle and, and, and whatever we're going through, we continue to live in this land of lack rather than the, in this abundance mindset. What, what I know this to be true is that God's term, you know, transformative power is revealed when he takes, as we're going to look at here, the meager resources that we offer and accomplish extraordinary things through them. To show, what's this God's goal? To show is a boundless ability to multiply and bring abundance, rather scarcity in your life. That's a truth I really, in fact, simply, this is what I encourage us today. All that God needs is all that you have. Today we're going to talk about this. All that God needs, not that all God has, all that God needs is all you have. Well, what, is, what does he need? He, 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 he doesn't need anything. But what he's needing for us is, is what, we, what we actually have. And you're thinking, uh, I, I don't really know if I agree with that. Like, there's a lot I don't have. There's a lot you don't have. And you're like, but that's all he wants? That's, that's really, well, we just read. His divine power has given us all that we need, so we already have it. But what, what is it that, so I'll unpack this a little bit where I'm going. I, I hope it makes sense. By looking into the Old Testament today, 
at a prophet named Elisha. And if you don't know much about the Bible, in the Old Testament, God raised up prophets to speak on his behalf. Many times it was a warning, don't go there, don't do this, or, or else. And many times the or else happened because they didn't listen. God would use these prophets as spokespeople for him, but also he raised them up and through to show his power would do supernatural works. And this is a situation today that has a supernatural component, but it's very involved in human effort in the same way. Specifically, we'll look at this encounter that Elisha had with a woman, a widow. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, this is what it says. It says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. This prophet had a team, and this man was on that team, and he dies. Elisha, it was one of his close people. He knew him very well, and he knew the family. And here's this moment where there is an act of benevolence that's going to take place in care. Now, you need to know, of course, back in the day, there wasn't life insurance. There wasn't Social Security. There was no, there was no care if, unless there's other extended family around when, like, the, the, the breadwinner of the family, which was usually the man, dies. It, and, and if there's debt, it, it put the creditors, the credit card, it wasn't just calling you, giving you bad credit score. It was coming and saying, we're, we're demanding our money, and if you can't pay, you're going to have to work it off. And her sons now are in jeopardy. We don't know the ages of the sons, but they're probably enough to earn some money to pay down that debt. And there's huge fear that's coming over this woman. And so Elisha replied to her, well, how can I help you? And then he asked this. Elisha, the prophet, asked Tell me, he says this, what do you have in your house? Now you read that, you're kind of going, that seems odd, question, and it almost seems a little callous. She's, she's like, I don't have any, you know, and we'll get to what she has or not have, you know, I, I, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in debt, I'm in trouble, this is a big deal, and then he's like, well, what do you got? It just seems a little callous, it just seems a little off there, but there, it, it, there's, there's something that God is doing that he's, that he's revealing to her through this prophet, but I believe he's revealing to us this morning when we talk about abundance, when we talk versus scarcity. In fact, you, you can take in your notes this morning. You can fill these thoughts in. It's helpful, by the way, to fill them in because if you're just listening to me, honestly, I probably wouldn't even remember what I'm saying after I get to the parking lot. So write it down is helpful. Um, and then what you do is you got it down. And then, like, if you just leave the piece of paper, at least you got a little bit. But if you took it with you and looked at it again and then discuss it in your small groups this week, you actually might go, oh, there's something here that maybe could apply to my life. And it, to my life. And I, so I want to encourage you with that. So talking about this, discovering God's abundance already in us, already there. For, well, first, this is the obvious thing to say is that to acknowledge what we do have. We're going to look at the woman here in a moment. She's going to acknowledge that. She's going to look at what she has. But what do you have? It really matters. You know, when I was a kid, when I was in lack, I, I didn't have something. Like, if I, did, if I needed some gum, if I needed a Band-Aid, if I needed, you know, something, my, my mom had it. 
she had it in a really big purse. Did is anybody, does anybody, did you have, your, your mom had a really big purse? Anybody have like that? My mom, some of you are like, there's people here have big purses. You carry them around. It's just great. It's great. I think they're great with women to have those because, especially my mom, because, man, if I needed a breath mint, if I need a Tic Tac, if I need a Band-Aid, if I, I mean, I had, I didn't, have, I broke a shoelace. My mom had a shoelace in her car, in her, in her purse. You know, so, you know, she just had aspirin, small, you know, explosive device, whatever you needed. My mom had it there. Well, then I got married, and my wife, I turned to her, like, there's a moment, like, hey, do you got a Band-Aid? Hey, do you, man, I got, do you got any breath, man? She goes, I got nothing. I got nothing. Well, what I found is my wife's purse was, my, was this big, and then my, my mom's was this big. And so she said, you know, I put maybe something. No, I don't have anything. And I said, well, my mom usually carried things. And she's like, you didn't marry your mom. You want to marry your mom? <laughs> like, okay, good point, good point. I will carry my own breath mints. Okay, there you go. I say all that is sometimes in our life, we, we kind of go, we are asked upon, I'm like, I don't have anything. And that's kind of what this, this woman does. The, 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 she said, what do you got? And she, the, she says this, your servant has nothing there at all. If you ever experienced grief, like you, you would be sympathetic to this widow. In, in, in the loss, there, there comes a place of fear and a place of desperation. And really, that's kind of a, it sounds overdramatic. I got nothing. I got nothing, Lord. You know what that feels like in your life when you're, you're running so thin. Either, maybe it would be a loss of a loved one, but some kind of loss in your life. Some kind of change in your life. Something where you're really, all of a sudden you're like, I, man, I, I don't even fuck have anything. I got nothing. And you know that's not true, but that's where we get caught up in our emotions with it. But this is interesting. She says, I got nothing, though. And, but then she says, except a small jar of olive oil. That's an interesting little word. Except. The prophet, it, it, it seems like he kind of perks up about it. That was almost interesting to him. Oh, well, except. What is that? Well, what we're learning here is, what we'll find is this exception becomes the vessel of really an exceptional miracle that's going to take place. Can I, can I tell you that God's very interested in our exceptions? He's very interested in, in what he can do through them. But what we do sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, we make our exceptions our excuses. We look at what we don't have rather than what we do have. We got, when we look at what we have, we're going, it's not very much. Well, it, it, it's the exception that, well, it's an excuse. Like, I'm not really qualified. I don't really have the resources. I'm not able to really do what maybe could be done. And then we say this, you know, sometimes when we were, were young, we say we're too young, we're inexperienced. And then all of a sudden we go, we're too old. We've, you know, been there, done that. Like, how that gap we got so quickly changed on that. And we get so focused on what we don't have and what we used to have or what someone else's have and, and we wish we had, but we don't really look at what we do have. And what God was really saying is he's, I, I sense this morning, he's looking in your house. He's looking in where you're at. He's looking in your circumstances. He's saying, what do you got? Well, you're like, God, you got it all, but you want what I got? Yeah, there's something I want to do. Well, there's an abundance that I want to pour out. And what you have. The, see, the secret is, is this is you, you don't have much, but that's all God needs. But why do we know that? Because God can do something and create something out of nothing. We're here. 
He created it with his voice, the universe. But what if he, had, what if he could do something with, with what you already have? God can do exceptional things with your exception and my exception. Unfortunately, we get in this mindset, and this is the mindset is this. It's the if-then mindset. If I had this, then I would be able to do this, and if I could do this, then I would be able to do that. Right? We do that all the time, right? If I could sing, oh, I'd be on the worship team for sure. Oh, yeah. If, I, if, if my children were at a different stage, then I could take on and go do this and go do that. If I had more money, I could provide for my family more, a nicer house, I could work with kids, make, I could bounce things out in my budget, I could, all these things. If, I, if, if my upbringing wasn't so dysfunctional, then I could be in better, better relationships. But I don't have that. It's not what I have. I can't do anything about it. And we, so our exceptions become our excuses. And what do we do? We just live victim to victim to victim to victim to victim, right? And none of us want to do that, but we find ourselves swimming back into that pool, don't we? Very quickly, because we look at what we don't have, and we use those as excuses. And if, if, if that's you, and there's times that you go, yeah, that was Wednesday last week. We've done that. That went two to four. That was, I was in my victim mode. I get it. I've been there. And I'm still struggling through those times, right? We just, let's be real. If you feel that way, you're not alone because some of the great people in the Bible did the same thing. Moses was one of those for sure. God comes to Moses and says, hey, and he speaks to his burning bush. What I want you to do, no big deal, but you're going to, you're going to move a million people from one place to the other. It's a great land, promised land. It's going to be a little rough along the lines, but it's going to be really, really good. I need your help. And he's like, ah. I can't talk right. I can't do this. I can't do that. And he finally gives excuse. And look at look what he says. He argues with God. He says, "What if they they don't believe me? Because he's supposed to go to the Pharaoh and tell him. And I yeah, you know, I don't let my people go. And what if they don't? And he, listen, he says, the Lord did not appear to, to you. Like no, you're you're full of it, Moses. This is what God challenges him back because doubt was filling him, and he was living in this scarcity mindset. And so God challenges him back and says. Then the Lord said to him, he says to Moses, what is in your hand? He goes, a staff, he replied. Well, that staff, how many know? That's the staff that parted, well, first it turned into a snake and freaked everybody out in Pharaoh's temple and everything, Pharaoh's palace. Then also that snake, that, that staff was the, the, the very thing that would separate the Red Sea. But it wasn't the staff, though, was it? It was the hand that was connected to the staff. See, the, 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 what God wants to use is not the stuff that's out there. He could use money. He could change the weather. He can do all those things, but he chooses to do it through us. Here's a question for all of us this morning. What is in your hand? What do you have? What's in your house? What's there that God says, I want that? What's your... Ex What's your exception that could be pretty amazing that he could work through? What, what, what is that? What is, it, what, what, what is, it, what is that going to look like? And, and begin to think about that. What do you have? And what we, what we discover is if it's not a whole lot, well, God doesn't need a whole lot. A little, what, what does she have? A little oil in a jar is all God needed. What, we're gonna, what we'll find here, you're like, what's going to happen? If you know the story, you don't know, but what's going to happen? A willing heart, though, is really what it is that's connected to the jar. You know, someone said big dreams usually start with small starts. What is that beginning point for you? Now, you bring all you have, 
least you bring that, that exception. But sometimes it might not feel enough. And so here's what happens is this. First, well, secondly, is this, is to ask others that, that, that what they might have. Ask others what they might have. I don't know when you're a kid or you ask your kids to do, you, you know, you're, you're cooking, you're baking cookies or something, and you went in the fridge, and I've learned this. It's like you make sure you have all your ingredients before you start making something. Have you done this before? And you open up the fridge, and you're like, oh, my gosh, we have no eggs. Got to need the eggs. So you go, and you say to your kid or your mom said to you, hey, go next door and see if you can borrow a couple eggs. What are our kids' response to that? No way, I'm not doing that. That's embarrassing. I'm not going to do, you know, do, mom, just, you know, just text them that you need eggs, you know. And, and so I've done that before. I've gone next door to, and then one time I remember going, our, our, our neighbor named Aggie, that was her name, Aggie, and then I went there, and then she had a cute little dog, and then, then I, she goes, you want some cookies? And so I sat down with her, had some cookies and milk, and then, and then she, she went out and back, and the dog's running around. And then my mom calls Aggie next door. And it's like, D I sent Danny over to get some eggs. She goes, oh, yeah, he's here. And, like, I forgot about the eggs because she had actually cookies baked. I, that really did happen, right? <laughs> so I say all that is, like, it's hard for us, though, to admit that we're in need. But, that, but the very need that we have is this opportunity that God wants to use. Because this is what Elijah says to her. He says, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars, and don't just ask for just a few. Which I, th I think it's interesting. Just, just, just go around and do this. So what he's saying to her is like, and I think this is the excuses back where, where in our lives we're like, I'm going through and I'm going through. Gosh, I don't want to bug people about it. And I, I, I found too, the longer and the farther we follow the Lord, we find ourselves in more reliance upon ourselves than, than the Lord. And, and, and then God will come along and bring a place of need and, and just the bottom falls out in our life. And then we have to kind of go, where, where's my faith? And then sometimes we struggle with our faith because, well, maybe I just need to pray more. Maybe I just need to do more for myself. And then what happens is there's a self-righteousness that rises up a little bit. And then that's what happens then is God, and then yet God's saying, no, you need to share your need with others. You, you, your, 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 your maturity, actually, your strength is in your vulnerability, but we don't want it because we keep that persona, especially maybe if we made some mistakes along the line, or something happened in a relationship that's kind of not going very well, and, and yet we're supposed to have, like, you know, the, the perfect family, you know, the perfect marriage, your kids, and all behave because you look, you're like, well, that's what that family and their Instagram picture at Mother's Day, look at, they're all smiling with their mom. You, you, come on, right? We know all that, but we, when it's our turn that's in need, it's hard for us. We somehow think spiritual maturity is at, and it's the opposite. It's when we really humble ourselves that it, ex, it exposes our strength. And it brings people in to our relationships. So that's God's whole goal. And it seems to be the goal. This woman needed to admit her need to others. And, and it's interesting here is that pride will get us hung up so much of allowing not only where we're in a meager place and in, 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 a, in a very lonely place, but we're missing this opportunity for others to bless our lives because you know, because when you're the strong person and you go help somebody, it feels really good. And yet for the opposite sometimes, we just don't want to be a taker. 
We don't want to be labeled that person. And yet God will say, no, I want you to be that person so others can find a blessing in the blessing. Because you know what it feels like as a person like that. So here we find that God is, is working in such a way and, and, and Elijah challenges her, says, don't just ask for a few. Which I, th- I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because that, that it, it's not like, because we do this like, oh, you know, I hate to be a bother. I'm wondering if you could, just if you don't mind. And we kind of sheepishly do this. And it's almost a statement of boldness. Like, you know what? Um, I'm coming, it's, you know, send the, send the son, sons out to go get the jars. Um, ask them when you go there, can we have all your jars? <laughs> we need them all. Well, how many jars do you need? We'll take them all. <laughs> we'll take them all. And, and the reason is because we're going to see something pretty amazing that's going to formulate. And I, I remind us that we're in this thing called the body of Christ. It's not just some organization with a name and a, and a logo. We're part of an organism. We're part of this this working, breathing organism called the body of Christ. Jesus that's that's filled with with blood and and it's filled with life and breath and it's it's arms and legs and toes and eyeballs and all of it it's 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 us that we're supposed to to be a part and nobody's perfect in it and there's people just like us in this and I I love what the apostle Paul how he describes it he says in first Corinthians he says this if a one part suffers every part suffers with it if one is honored every honor is honored every part rejoices with it now you're the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it each one of us none of us are on the outside even though when you feel like it, you're not you're invited in that's a lie if you believe that what this means is is that that you need my jars but i need your jars too right what if we put them together what could happen well that's that's where the miracle is about to take place the miracle is bringing them all together. You have things. It's not just you showing up. That's half the battle. But you bringing your gifts is bringing your resources in to be a part of it. And that starting point showing up. But we go a little di- deeper. You have gifts. You have abilities. You have so many things that we'll, we'll talk about here in a moment that you can offer. But the, they represent those jars that we have. So, you, you know, what do you have? Acknowledge that. Look for others to help you. But here's this. Actually use what you do have actually now do something with it several years ago some of you have taken the, my shape workshop uh there was a there was a lady group and we talk about the shape workshops talking about matching your gifting to what you do and serve the lord and the church and the community but we talk about the occupation of a person and the person was saying i, I said something like you know whatever your job is god can use your job god can can do that and the one lady she's like oh, i don't think god can use my job and, and I said, well, well, wait, tell me what, what you do. She goes, I'm a massage therapist. And immediately I had stiffness around my neck. And I'm like, I, I think there's a, you know, God can really, you know, I didn't do that. I said, well, why don't you think that? I'm like, I don't know. I don't really, you know, it's just, and just on the mechanical side. And she goes, I said, well, tell me what it's like, you know, when you, she goes, well, the, the different clients come in, patients and things. Boy, you know, I mean, you get, you know, now do they, do they talk or share? He goes, oh, yeah, they share a lot. I mean, they get all, they go limber and relax. And you, I'm hearing all kinds of stuff, what people say. I'm like, well, maybe that's it. Maybe your gift in ministry is the gift of listening to them. 
See, we all have a gift, right? We all have something that's there. What are we actually doing with it? What are we, and so what does is, what is Elijah tell the widow? This is what it says. It says, and then she, he says, then go inside, okay? So you got the jars, go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, and pour oil in all the jars. Remember, she had a little bit, right? She had that little bit of oil. Start pouring oil in jars, as, and, and as each is filled, put it in one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. What was she doing? It was an act of faith. She was listening to the guy, going, okay, we got a lot of jars, but we got a little bit of oil. All right, shut the door. Okay, we'll start pouring. See, I, I think we, we, we always get caught up. Faith is some kind of a feeling. It's a wishful thinking that we, we, you know, we just have to be stronger in our faith. Well, faith is like a muscle, right? If you don't use a certain muscle, there's apathy. You're not exercising it. And here she is. She's going to step into this, really a place of abundance, what God's given her already. And she's looking at it, it's not a lot, but it's enough that the Lord wants to do. So, so this actually doing with it, what leads to this, then it's allowing God to fill us with what we don't have, and then we find it then some. Actually fill us with what we don't have, and then some. Now, if you were in these woman's shoes, you'd be thinking, again, I got a lot of jars, not a lot of oil, but okay. And, and, and it says, and then he, they brought the jars to her, the boys did, and she kept pouring. Now, it would have been one second, that would have been in all the oil, but she kept pouring. And so she kept pouring, and that simple act of obedience continued to happen. Why is it significant? I, th I think it's this. God will do, do, the, do the filling, but the widow was doing the pouring. God will continue to do the filling, but we're doing the pouring. God's abundance for our lives is not what he does just for us, but what he really wants to do through us. That's where meaning, that's where purpose is in our lives. Does this story get you thinking about other stories in the Bible? One of the stories I think of is, you go to the New Testament, you think of Jesus and the, and the, and the feeding of the 5,000. You know that story? It's such a cool story, isn't it? You, where Jesus is teaching them in a kind of a remote area, and you know, there's 5,000 at least people gathered, and it's getting late in the day, and, and they're all kind of like wrapping it up, and they're getting hungry, and, and, and the disciples come to Jesus and say, Hey, we're there's not, you know, we're, there's nothing around here. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do something. And 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 you know, like, can you whip something up, Jesus? You know, can you do something? And he goes, you know what? How about this, you guys? You, he, Mark six, he says, you feed them. Us? How? how yeah, you feed them. Go, you know. And then just like, okay, well, they, they begin to look around. Does anybody have food? And, of course, it's the little boy's lunch, right? The kid, he had, he had five loaves and two fish. Mom was smart. Pack him a lunch. Get him off to the day. going to be a long day with Jesus. And, 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 he, and, he, and the Bible says he lifted up, blessed it, and then he goes, okay, feed him. <laughs> and, and so they had, you know, we read, and they, they reached in the baskets, and they pulled bread out and rolled fish out and began to feed, began to feed, began to feed, began to feed, and, and thousands were fed. It's kind of like what we experienced this spring with the bridge. I don't know if you know that, but um, each week we, we help feed maybe 50, 40 families that are in need, and, the, and, and things were really, really low. And, and many of you stepped up and you can continue to support what we're doing and feeding our community. 
but they haven't run out of food, even today in our, in, in our bridge ministry. It's the same thing that's happening today. And it's the same thing in your life. If you keep, if you keep pouring in, guess what? There's, there's more that God is, is bringing. And it's, of course, you know the story with the, many, you know, with the, with the, the baskets. I mean, there was, they, they, kept, they had extra. It kept on coming. I'm just wondering sometimes are, are limitations God's great opportunity that he wants to act and do that. And we get caught up in things like, I'm just a kid, I'm just a, I'm just a you know, a refinery worker, I'm just a, you know, stay-at-home mom, I'm just a retired person, I'm just a small community pastor, what, well, small little, what can we really do? And we get caught in that, and yet God's saying, I'm not requiring a whole lot, I'm just requiring what you got, what you have. That's all I need. That's really it. That's the, that's the limit. Bring it. The bring it forward. And that he can multiply it to the highest number. The only thing that, that God is saying is, I can't multiply zero. That We know the math. Zero, you know, plus, and there's nothing there. But one, well, there's a multiplication. There's something, that, well, two. There's a multiplication that could take place of what he's going to use. So in this pouring out, I want you to think about this as you commit to this. What if, if you said to God, God, I, I, pour, I pour into prayer today in your word that will bring fruit in my life. I, I will pour, I'll pour into my marriage and devote myself to my spouse. I'll pour into my kids and I bless them and help them and encourage them. I will pour into the role and the responsibility that you have for me and what you want me to do now. And Lord, the blessing will come out of that, that you're gonna do the, what you're gonna do with, with this small little amount. It's interesting what happens is not only that these needs are met, it's, it's beyond. Look at the, the end of or the Second Kings 4, back to that. It says, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left. The woman's needs were met, and then some. How many can believe, in this story specifically, if there was more jars, there'd be more oil? Wow, what does that tell you? That there's a capacity of what we bring to God that God's going to use. Now, you can only bring what you have. But if you got jars, and I got jars, and I bet there's more jars out there. There's more people, if they got on the mission of what God's doing, more could be done, and, and not just, not say bigger, but more. God's into the more of the blessing that he wants to pour out. But he could dump it from the sky, and we could, but he wants to do it and choose to do it through us. And so I wonder if we change this, you know, this if-then mindset. If I, if I had this, and I would do this, if I could do that, if I, you know, what if we change it this way, where Lord, when I give my time, God, you'll use it to stretch to the maximum what it is. God, if I give my talents, my skills, my abilities, God, you'll open up opportunities wherever that might be. God, if I, if I give you my treasures that I have, my, my, my tithe, my giving and offering on, on Sunday, you know, or if I give what resources that, that, that help someone else and help my neighbor out, if I, if, I, if I actually gave my energy to beyond even maybe I, gosh, I don't know if I have, but it's there to give. Lord, what would you do with that? I think God's really saying, 
this is you keep doing it, the, there will be a blessing and then some. That, that there's something he's doing and, and, and that God wants to do that in that, in that, when we get to that place, is it possible, well, I believe this, that becomes the overflow. I'm all for God blessing us and raining it down, but God's saying, do you have your jars available? Are you ready for what I want to do? Get them open. Get them ready. Get them, be ready to receive what I have. I'm going to invite our team to come. And as we think about this, I wanted you to think about the little that you have, not in a meager way, like, Lord, I, God, I have one life. I have this one thing. I have, here I am, Lord. What do you want to do with me? How will you bring that overflow? I've told the story a few different times. I love the story. It's the story of Bridget Donahue. Uh, this story is, uh, she, many years ago, it was a young gal, and she was, she was a, a preemie baby. She was born two pounds, and she lived in an incubator, it says, for three months of her life. She was really told that she might not walk or talk or really have even an IQ past seven years old. Uh, she, she had that capacity that no one really expected, but this is what she says now. She says, one day not long after, I, as a little kid, I stood up in my playpen. The doctors are shocked. I, I, I was talking nonstop and burning the little treads off my little orthopedic shoes. I was severely swayed-backed and pigeon-toed. And in kindergarten, I had clumsy leg braces that covered my ankles, knees, and hips. I also had these two brown, cloggy shoes attached with steel that I had to wear. I had several surgeries on my twisted body and, and surgeries on my eyes. I had severe blindness. I mean, I, I, like, like pop-bottle glasses, she said. I was, I was severely cross-eyed. I, 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 he, I love this line she has in the humor. She goes, I might be wrong, but I think God made me out of spare parts. Sometimes you get the feeling that my body doesn't fit the way I really am. And I, I think the hard times I've endured are make me unique. And, I should, I, I, and so I should work on being the best I could be. And I love this. She says, I figure God doesn't give everyone the best scoop of ice cream, but you, you really have to eat what is yours before it melts until... The, the only, they only might not be able to be enjoyed. And then they said at the end of this article, uh, Bridget ended up becoming a high school cheerleader, a soccer goalie, a softball pitcher, a straight-A student, a valedictorian of her, of her class. And we use that, it's like, you know, there's some little determination on that girl and God's gift to her, but what did she do? She just presented herself as and her, who she was. I kind of have to look at it is that, you know, Bridget didn't let her disability be her excuse, but let it be her exception. And God did exceptional things through it. Let me ask you this question. Are you willing to bring your all? Because that's all God wants. He just wants you to bring your all. And here's the beautiful thing. We sang about already of the victory is that as we bring our all, God brought us all already. God, God brought us all. Jesus is the encompassing all that God, you think, I need more from God. God provided it all. Through the death and resurrection, he brought forgiveness of our sins. One drop of blood is all we needed. You think a little jar of oil, one drop was all we needed for forgiveness of our sins. And through his one life, given us life eternal. And then Jesus ascended to heaven, and he says, stay where I'm at, because I'm going to give you something greater. And the greater was his very spirit that would fill all of us one life that we have for him to fill and for him to use. If you want the overflow, it's not out there. 
It's not what other people have. It's not over here. Not until you get this. It's right here. Right now. What he wants you to receive. You're like, I don't have a lot of jars. Well, just bring the one jar. But it's kind of cracked. It's kind of old. It doesn't matter. It's what it is. It's what you have that God wants to use in you and through you. Will you pray with me? Right now, the enemy of our soul, the devil, is trying to talk you out of that because you think it's not enough. And it's a lie because the truth is that God is giving you this life. God, through Jesus, if you're a follower of him, has filled you with his very spirit. You have through his divine power, have everything you need for life and godliness to fulfill his mission for your life and through your life. So right now, receive it. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us today. And Lord, may as you fill us, it's not a stagnant filling. You want to overflow us continually. But as we empty our jars and as we give out what you've given us Lord there's another flow and another flow and another flow you said that we could be filled with your spirit continually or that's the work you want to do in us and, and that work you want to bring you want to for those here that are hurting I, we sense that today coming into this place there, there's some brokenness there's some pain and there's some there's some lack Lord will your will your spirit fill them and heal them will you bring healing to the heart healing to the body healing to the mind Lord will you help those I know there some here are in grief of a loss of a loved one Lord will you fill them with your love and your closeness and your peace Lord, will you, will you mend the broken relationships? Will you, Lord, all those things, God, you want to do, whatever the lack is, it's not that we just live in that lack, but Lord, we, we know that you want to fill us, but Lord, it's not just for us, it's, to, it's so it becomes the, becomes the overflow into lives, Lord, that we can live out of that overflow abundance, Lord. It's a mindset, Lord, but it's a reality that you desire for us to have. May we live in that and walk in that and receive it, Lord. God, as we do the pouring, Lord, you're going to do the filling. Continue to do that work in us individually and through us as a body. The hurting, broken community that so needs it. Lord, will you fill the pantries of the bridge? Will you meet the needs today and the work that's going to be done over there? Will you, will you work in our neighborhoods? Will you meet uh, where housing is needed, where health is needed, where marriage is needed to heal? Will, Lord, will you do that in us, Lord? Not just for us, that Lord, we could be a beautiful testimony to the people around that really need you to fill them with salvation and life eternal Lord we believe for that in us and Lord we pray your overflow through us this day in Jesus name amen, amen. I invite you to stand we'll stand as we we close here today and I just encourage you to really don't miss the moment with the Lord right now as you worship him and take time and let it just let the spirit just speak to you and, and let it resonate on you and maybe there's something more you need to write down or think of do that and there's people here to pray with you to partner with you during this last time we gather in the song or afterwards 
keep letting the overflow of the Lord each and every day together what God might be doing as we bring in all our jars together for, for what he wants to accomplish. Have a great day.